Hallelujah. 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 Y'all don't get dead on me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I give honor to the Lord on today for all that he has done. Um, amen. So many good things. Even through the trials and tribulations, God is still good. Amen. We went from... Amen. Celebrating on Friday to being in the hospital all night long with my wife. Amen. Amen. But God is is still good through all of those things. Amen. And I've been on a, a an emotional Amen roller coaster probably since Thursday. Amen. We um we went to I guess a city planning meeting. Amen. In order to get the daycare expanded and. Amen. God was on our side with that, so I thank Him for that. Amen. Amen. Y'all be clapping. Amen. He was on our side with that. Amen. So it was ups and just up and down. Amen. But through it all, and um, I'm about to start singing through it all. It just came into but, but through it all, um. God just is just good, amen. And so from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and on to today, amen. This is where my title comes from. God has just strengthened my resolve, amen. Just like that song to to wait on Him, to trust in Him, to be faithful. And so my title on today is I lifted up my eyes, amen. I lifted up my eyes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I have on my my first line of my note says I am determined, amen. Talking about me, I don't know about y'all. I am determined to lift up my eyes and to enter into glory. Amen. Amen. I am determined to lift up my eyes and enter into glory. So whenever that time comes for me, amen, whenever I take that final breath, whenever I close my eyes, amen, I am determined. Thank you, Lord Jesus, to be in right standing with the Lord. I want to open up my eyes and I want to I want to close them and when I open them up, amen, I want to wake up in glory. Amen. I don't want it to be a surprise where I'm going. Amen. I want to be confident and sure. So that means I have to live everything that I know that I have to do my best. Amen. To live everything that I know. Amen. And when I don't know, I got to just lean on Jesus. I got to just lean on Jesus. And so we've been in this series, Mission Mode, and I'm continuing this series. I thank God for everybody that's here. I thank God for everybody that is, um, for my sis right here, continuing to come back, amen, for her third Sunday in a row. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just thank God for this series as God just continues to talk to us about making sure we're doing the right work, that we're not working in our flesh, amen. Um, we had somebody tell us, say, you know, that we are oftentimes, she say her pastor said it, but it was so good. It's just stick with me. She said that, she said her pastor say that we are tear ourselves into pieces trying to keep other people whole. Amen. And I've heard somebody else say that we are set ourselves on fire in order to keep everybody else warm. Amen. And I thank God for this series that he's trying to reel us in. Amen. To make sure that we're doing the right work that we not just, even, even, I'm talking about even the work, even what we do unto God, we got to make sure that it's what he wants us to do. 
And it's not just us. And so today I want to talk to you all about opposition. Because sometimes when you're trying to do what you want, what just when you're trying to do what you want, what when you're trying to work for the Lord, opposition is going to come. Amen. And I'm getting tongue-tied because I just realized that no matter what you're doing, even in life, opposition is going to come. Opposition is painful. Opposition is frustrating. It can be stressful, among other things. And in spite of these things, I want y'all to know that you should still thank God when opposition comes. Because opposition is when you learn or when you figure out who you really are. When you lose somebody, that's when you figure out whether you really love them or not. Right? It breaks you down in a way that you normally don't get broken down when they're still alive. It makes you reminisce. It makes you start to think about whether I did all I was supposed to do. Was I a good daughter? Was I a good son? Did I have a good relationship? Did I say everything that I was supposed to say? When you get denied something, it tells whether you were praising God for the blessing or you were praising God because he's God. Right? When you get heartbroken, amen. When all of these things happen in our life, opposition reveals to us who we really are. Opposition can delay, but it cannot deny. Opposition can delay, but it cannot deny. Opposition can delay, but it cannot deny. Amen. Lord, I thank you. Opposition can be painful, frustrating, all those things I named, but we should still thank God for it because even when opposition delays something, it can't deny it. Whatever God has for you, it might slow you down, but it can't stop whatever it is that God has for you. Amen. Through opposition, the fruits of the spirit are developed. Amen. Amen. It's easy to say you love God when everything is going good. But when stuff starts going, when you don't understand, when stuff starts getting rough, Amen. It's going to develop. If you if you're on God's side, or if even if you're not on God's side, it's going to, it's going to that opposition is going to try to make you lean on God. But what happens a lot of time when things happen, we lean to the bottom. We lean to the weed. We lean to the shopping. We lean to the sex. Hallelujah. But really the opposition is trying to get us to lean towards Jesus. Because it's sure. He's sure. He's solid. He won't fall. He won't crack. Right? All of those other things are just temporary fixes. Even death, even death is in opposition to the God of life. And that's why we can be thankful that Jesus defeated death. And that's why I'm telling y'all that even with death, it can only deny. Something happened to me, happened to me. we only going to be apart for a short time. Because when we get to heaven, I'm going to see you again. It's only delaying. It's not denying. You can't, you can't, Satan can't deny me from being with my brothers and sisters in Christ. He can't deny me the streets paid with gold. He can't deny me the rewards that I have coming. Like when you lose somebody, it's just temporary. Lord, I thank you. Amen. Eternal glory is the reward of every true believer, despite whatever opposition we face in this life. Right? So this sermon is not about fearing opposition. It's about recognizing opposition. 
It's about recognizing opposition. And you got to know what opposition is in order to determine the cause of it. You got to recognize what it is in order to determine the cause. What you mean, Pastor, the cause? Because sometimes opposition is them and sometimes opposition is us. Sometimes it's them. Sometimes it's everybody around us opposing. But then sometimes the opposition is you. It's internal. Opposition is all around us. It's others. It's, it's, it's opposition isn't in our body. Right? My mind say run. My mind say exercise. My mind say keep going. My body say you tired. My body say sit down. My body say your knees don't work. My body say your back hurt. Even though my mind want to keep going. Opposition is all around us. It's in our bodies. It's in our mind. It's those things that make us fearful. It's those things that make us doubt. And opposition is definitely, it's most definitely in our spirit. The most dangerous type of opposition is often the hardest to detect. That opposition is stubborn, blind pride. And that's the opposition that I'm focusing on in this sermon. Stubborn, blind pride. The stubborn part is your mind. You got your mind. That's why we often say, I got my mind made up. You stubborn in your mind. You think you know the right way. I'm going to do it my way. That's the stubborn part. The blind part is your mind got you where you can't even see with your own eyes. You can't even see the error. You in a relationship, but you can't even see the sign. You can't see that this is not a good thing. You're blind to it. God's people walk by faith, not by sight. Sin will have you blind. It will have you lost where you can't even realize that you're in, you in a bad situation and you're so blind you don't even realize that you're in opposition to God. That's the blind part. And then the pride part is the spiritual part because that's where it all comes from. Pride. Stubborn, blind pride is the most difficult opposition to detect. This type of opposition can disguise itself as almost anything. I can be up here preaching a pastor of a church and be in opposition to God if I'm walking in stubborn, blind pride. This is the way I run my church. This is how it's going to be. This is what the people going to do. Right? Doing the Lord's word. Preaching the Lord's word and still in opposition because I'm doing it my way and not his way. Giving y'all what I want you to have and not what he wants you to have. Stubborn blind pride can disguise itself as almost anything. It can disguise itself as fighting for a good cause. It can disguise itself as you saying, I'm standing up for myself. Ain't nobody going to run over me. It can disguise itself as I'm working for my future. I'm working on my goals. It can disguise itself as you telling yourself you being useful. It can disguise itself as you pushing yourself to keep going. Because I'm doing this for God, even though God is trying to tell you to sit down. You walking in stubborn, blind pride. You can't even see that you about to fall. Amen. Because you got your mind made up that it's going to be this way. 
Ultimately, this type of pride occurs when we assign purpose and value to things that are in opposition to what God calls valuable. You thinking you're doing something good because once again, like we talked about in Bible study, you deserve it. This is what your daughter deserved. This is what your husband deserved. You done worked hard for this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. But all of these things that you're working for, you can't take them with you in the end. All of these things that you're working hard for that you say that you deserve, they can't save your soul. All the things that I work hard for, amen, when we went in the emergency room, none of them things, because get my wife out of the hospital, we had to call on who? Jesus. But he's often the person that gets the least amount of our time and respect. Amen. We'll put everything, our children's happiness, our spouse's happiness, our jobs, amen. We'll put all of those things before God and they can't save us. When the signs are clearly telling us, amen, you need to sit down. We be in grind mode, not mission mode. The only way to see opposition is the Holy Spirit. Why? Because with your eyes, you can't recognize it. With your eyes, you're going to make a mistake. The only way you can see opposition is you have to have. Notice I didn't say get in it. I didn't say, I'm not, I didn't say get in the spirit. You have to have the spirit. He has to abide on the inside of you. Because y'all got to remember, I just said opposition is all around. If you got to get in the spirit, you know, you know, you can't always just like I'm just I stay in the spirit. I stay in the Ain't no way. Ain't no way. If y'all knew the physical toll it takes on my body to do one altar call, how you stay in the spirit 24-7? You can't, you have to have him. Amen. Because when we surround about all this opposition, he has to show up. He has to speak for us. He, he has to lead us. He has to guide us so that we don't make a mistake. Psalm 143 and 10 that I read at the beginning says, teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God, thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Lead me into righteousness. When David prayed, prayed when David prayed this prayer, he was asking to be taught how to do the will of God not his own. Prayers that are guided by self-centeredness don't mean nothing. When you're praying in yourself, that don't mean nothing. The Bible tells us to pray what? In the Spirit. The Bible tells us to pray in the Spirit. Some of us say prayers for the things that we want. But what good is that going to do if that's not what God wants for you? You praying for a job. You praying for an opportunity. You praying for a spouse. What if God don't want that for you? You praying for all these things. Make this happen. What if God does not want that for you? Prayers for goddess are self-centered if we don't recognize God's power to redirect our lives. We have to ask God to restructure our priorities, awaken our minds, right? Get rid of that stubbornness 
and stir our spirit, get rid of that pride. So we what? So we won't be blind. Isaiah 53 and 5 tells us, it says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. God spoke to me concerning that verse because I've always prayed that in connection with just healing. Like most of the time, it's physical healing. But God showed me that when I say that prayer, when we say by his stripes we are healed, we're talking about God healing our mind. We're talking about him healing our heart. We're talking about him healing our spirit. All that stuff that's bundled up on the inside of you. When you say that prayer, when, when the word says by his stripes we are healed, he healed for all of that trauma. All of that stuff that happened to you for that divorce, for that miscarriage, for that abortion, for that abuse, for that hurt. When we say by his stripes we are healed, that's what it means. Healing for all of that, not just your soul need. Healing for all of that. Jesus died to heal you. Do you receive that today? Jesus died to heal you. Not from just the stuff that you go through, right? This healing applies, right, to the opposition in our minds, in our bodies, in our soul. But the most, the, 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 the most important one of those things that he came to heal is our soul. Because that's what lives forever, this body. Right? So I had that scripture all wrong because I'm praying this and I'm praying, right? Because a lot of times people come up and they sit or they're standing in the gap for a loved one. And they saying, like, you know, Pastor, pray that such and such would be healed. And yes, I'm praying for the cancer to, to go into remission. Or yes, I'm praying for the surgery to get right. But if it doesn't, and the Lord decides to take that person, the ultimate prayer is, Lord, to save them. That by, that, by, by your stripes, they will be healed. And even if they can't live on this side, they're going to live on the other side. And I know some of y'all don't want to hear that because that's difficult. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Lord, I thank you. In one of the most difficult moments of Jesus' life, Jesus prayed to the Father. This is Luke 23, verses 34 through 43, and it reads, Jesus said, forgive them, Father. They know not what they are doing. Forgive them, Father. In one of the most difficult moments of his life, in one of the most difficult moments of his life, Jesus was not concerned about what he was going through. He was praying, Father, forgive the people that are hurting me, for they know not what they do. Jesus realized that they were in opposition to God and that they were blind to it. That they were blind to it. They didn't even realize. Sometimes you don't even realize how you're hurting your spouse. You don't even realize the detriment that you're doing to your children because you don't want to live right. You're not doing it intentionally. Sometimes you don't even realize how you're hurting other people by helping other people. What you mean, Pastor? You go out of your way to help, to help people when really they need to hit the wall so they'll turn to Jesus and stop turning to you. They keep turning to you because you keep going in there saving them every time. Bailing them out every time. Letting them just live all kind of way and you go in and save them. 
You don't even realize that you're in opposition to what God is trying to do. The word says that they were dividing this man's clothes. The people stood there watching while the Jewish leaders made fun of Jesus. They were saying he saved others, let him save himself. If he's the Messiah whom God has chosen, the soldiers made fun of him. They came and offered him cheap wine and said, save yourself. You're the king of the Jews. Above him were written the words, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging on the cross beside him hurled insults at him, saying, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other one, however, rebuked him, saying, don't you fear God? Don't you fear God? You received the same sin as he did. Ours, however, is only right because we are getting what we deserve for what we did, but he has done no wrong. And he said to Jesus, remember me, Jesus, when you come as king. Jesus said to him, I promise you that today you will be with me in paradise. And this is why I believe hell is real. Because while we are walking around blind, stubborn, and in opposition to God, Jesus is forgiving us. This word says while we were yet in our sins, he died for us. Right? That thief on the cross, this man is hanging on the cross for something that he did while he was yet in his sin. Literally right beside him, the Savior was dying for him. And that's us. I was, I, me, I'm, I was the thief on the cross in my sins. I remember so vividly sitting on the porch telling somebody that Jesus didn't care about me smoking weed. That if he was there, he would probably be smoking right with me. Foolishness. Foolishness. Making, making God like man. And yet and still, he still saved me so I could be here to preach this word to y'all today. Running around, he'll come in all types of sin. And he could have took me out easily. So many opportunities. Wrong place, wrong time. Drunk driving, high driving. Unprotected sex. Stealing. Commit felonies. What? Yes. Yes. Y'all want to play with it. This ain't nothing to play with. Jesus. Lord, I thank you. This life is us. This life is a chance for us to see. It's a chance for us to see that we deserve everything we get. But God. But God. When God reveals through the spirit what we've chosen not to see, we've got two choices. And they are the same choices that the thieves on the cross had. It's either to accept it or deny it. God will show you that you are in opposition. you got two choices. You can either accept it or deny it. You can mock him like the one said. Come on, and that's what some of us do. We do our dirt, and then we say, ain't you God? Why don't you save me? Hey, you just did all your dirt, and then you turn to God and say, why won't you save me? Why won't you get me out of this? Aren't you God? Where are you, God? Why you not showing up, God? How you let this happen, God? Like it's his fault. 
Or you can say, I feel God. I know I've done wrong. What happened to him, he didn't deserve it, but I deserve everything that's coming my way. I might then get caught for this thing that I'm going through right now, but I did enough stuff last year that I should be dead and gone. I, 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 might, I might not be guilty right now. I might, in, in June, I might not be guilty, but back in January, when I didn't get caught, when I didn't die, I deserved it then. What does it look like to deny it? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. At six, and I'm going to be bouncing around. And this, 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 this part of Acts is talking about Stephen, and then I'm going to be done. This part of Acts is talking about Stephen, and the word says, right, we, we're talking about what it looks like when we deny, when we deny Christ by refusing to see that we are in opposition to him. The word says, and they were not able to resist the wisdom in the spirit by which he spake. So Stephen goes on to this long speech trying to com convince these people that they are in opposition to Jesus. And the word says that they were unable to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then the word says, and, and instead of receiving what Stephen was saying, they went the other way. The word says that they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and they came upon him and they caught him and they brought him to the council. Right? But we have heard him say, and this was the accusations they brought against Stephen. They say, we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place, talking about the temple, and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfast on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. What did they turn on Stephen for? They turned on Stephen because he was claiming Jesus, and he was calling them out on their wrong, and he was letting them know that they were in opposition to God. And the crazy thing was, as he was saying, they seen God on this man. The word said that they looked at his face, and he looked like an angel. They saw God on this man and still denied Y'all know God talking to you today. The question is, what you going to do when you leave out of here? You know he talking to you. Hallelujah. That's what it looks like to deny him. When you know God is talking to you, when you know the word is for you, and instead of accepting it, even though it's cutting you to your heart, even though it's hurting you, even though it's calling out your lifestyle, you reject what's being said. That's what it's. That's what it looks like to deny it. So, what does it look like to accept it, Pastor? Stephen goes on, right? I just read y'all fifteen verses. His little sermon was long. This is the, I'm jumping down to the fifty-first verse. Stephen, by the time he gets to the end, he gives them the whole history of God's people. And the point that he was trying to make, he said, throughout the history of God's people, they have always denied the Messiah. They have always been in rebellion. They always turn. Every time God would deliver them and they'll still go right back out to the world without fail. And not only would they go back out into the world, they would always kill his prophets. If somebody told them the truth and they didn't want to hear it, they would do their best to destroy them. Or avoid them. 
So by the time we get to the 51st verse, it says, this is Stephen talking, he says, you stiff-necked, stubborn. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised, that's pride. You stiff-necked and prideful people in heart and ears, you can't feel nothing and you can't hear nothing. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. Why does he say resist the Holy Ghost? Because that's the only way you're going to know you're in opposition. The only person that can pull you out of your mess is if you are listening to the Holy Spirit speak to you today. I know y'all see me, and y'all might be ready for me to sit down, but guess I'm what? I'm not talking, God talking. He said, you always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so did ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which have showed before the coming of the just one, of whom you have now been betrayers and murderers. You might be saying, I ain't killed nobody. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. You done talked about enough people. You done joked on enough people. You done stole from enough people. You done hurt enough people, whether it was intentional or unintentional. You've done it. And in God's eyes, when you do it to others, it's just like doing it unto him. Why? Because he died. For everyone. He died so all this stuff, all this pain and suffering did not have to be so. So when you do it, when you act it out, you are saying your sacrifice was in Spain, God. The Bible likens it to putting him on it, putting him on the cross again. The word says you have received, this is the 53rd verse, who have received the law by the disposition given to you by angels and have not kept it. And the word says that when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him. They jumped on him with their teeth. That's their mouth and they, right, they just got on him. One of the ways that I clearly recognize the devil is the devil is unstable. He's unstable. The devil will come to you asking real sweet, like, oh, I, I, I need something, and I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm just trying to go to Florida because I had death in the family, and I just need some gas money, and what's up? So I don't have it right now. What you mean you ain't got it right now? You supposed to be a man of God. How you just going to turn? Whoa. <laughs> I don't have it, but I could have asked somebody else for you. Where that came from? Something ain't right about your request. You, you the devil. Discernment. Discernment. The word says that when they heard Stephen, they were cut to their heart. You can't get close to God if you don't want to be hurt. Let me say that again. You can't get close to God if you don't want to be hurt. Why? Because Jesus suffered. The word tells us that we have a cross. Each and every one of us have a cross to bear. What you mean by get hurt, Pastor? That means just dealing with the loss of your loved one. That means just dealing with rejection. That means just giving even turning down something that you want for somebody else, even though it hurts you. Sometimes it might mean, yes, sometimes it might mean sickness. 
Yes, yeah, sometimes it might mean cancer. Yes, yeah, sometimes, but whatever it is, you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to suffer in order to get close to God. There's no way around it. The words that they were cut to their heart. But I love the 55th verse because it starts with but. So you know when you say but, it erases everything before that. But he, talking about Stephen, was full of the Holy Ghost. You can jump on me with your mouth. You can physically jump on me. I can face all type of opposition. But if I'm full of the Holy Ghost, it gives me the power to do like Stephen. The word says, he looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. Why the right hand? I don't talk to y'all about the right hand because it's power on the right hand. So no matter what type of opposition I'm going through, I am determined that I can lift up my eyes and see my Savior on the right hand of God with all power. And no matter what you try to do to me, no matter how you try to stop me, even if you try to delay me, you cannot deny me. That's why I'm confident that when I call on him, when I say that I don't be praying, when I say, God, you have never let me down, when I say, God, do it for me, I'm going straight to the throne. I'm going straight to the throne. I ain't going through nobody else. I ain't going through my mama, my daddy, my grandma. I'm going straight to the throne for me. Because I know he hears me when I call on him. Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. And his crying out to God just made them jump on him even more. The more you call on Jesus, the more opposition you're going to face. That's just how much the world hates Jesus. The words that they cried with a loud voice and they stopped up their ears. And they ran on him with one accord. So now not only are they blind, they deaf. They blind, they deaf, and they dumb. They couldn't see or hear. That's what coming in contact with the Holy Ghost happens. Like, like your world just changed. You were walking. Imagine walking in darkness and then all of a sudden you come into the light. And everything that you thought was this way is now another way. And everything that you, you see all your errors, you see all your mistakes, you see all your shortcomings, you see all the times God brought you out, you see his love for you, you see how he suffered for you. That's what coming in contact with the Holy Ghost does. It's either going to make you cling to Jesus, run to him and hold him, or you're going to be so just ashamed and terrified by your behavior that I don't even want to see. So you cover your eyes, I don't even want to hear. You cover your ears and you run because you don't want to deal with it. Lord, I thank you. The word said they cast Stephen in the city and they stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young young man's feet whose name was Saul. (laughs) Scripture doesn't put that in there for no reason. He was there when Stephen was stoned. He was a participant in it. 
He was, a, he was the biggest persecutor of the church. He hated Christians. He hunted them down and pulled them out of his houses. But when the Holy Ghost, but when the Holy Ghost hit him on that road to Damascus and struck him blind, he had to become blind in order to what? See. Some of y'all need to stop looking at stuff with your eyes. He had to become blind in order to see. And then God used him to write half the Bible. As they stoned Stephen, Stephen didn't say stop. Stephen didn't start cursing at him. Stephen didn't try to fight back. The word says, and in, in 59 verses says, and they stand, I'm coming in. The, the, the word says, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. And he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, the word said he fell asleep. It didn't say he died. The word says he fell asleep. Here's my last note, and then I'm going to be done. I'm going to read it to y'all just like I wrote it. I wish no ill will towards anyone in this church, but I hate sin. I hate visible sin. I hate hidden sin. I hate big sin. I hate the sin we call little. I hate pride. I hate arrogance. I hate stubbornness. And I hate every other emotion that causes us to be in opposition to God. If that costs me your friendship, if that costs me money, or if that even costs me my life, so be it. Because I am determined that I'm going to lift up my eyes and wake up in glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. love to give their life to the Lord on today? And if not, give your life to rededicate your life. Maybe you have walked away from the